Hello and welcome to Healthline 3. I'm Terry Simmons. Joining me today is Jennifer Peters of Garden Park Nursing and Rehabilitation Center. We'll be taking your calls throughout the show and as a reminder for you, just make sure you're in a nice quiet room with your TV turned all the way down so we can hear you and you can hear Jennifer's answers to your questions. The number to call is 318-219-4569 and you'll see it across the bottom of your screen throughout the show. Jennifer, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So let's talk about Garden Park. First of all, we talk about what a special place this is anyway, and where it's set off from the road, you wouldn't even know it's there. Um, what else sets it apart from other nursing facilities? Well, um, I visited with a lady this week that was calling for information about her mother, and she has been in all local skilled nursing facilities in our area. She works for a quality improvement organization with CMS, which is our governing body. And one of the things she talked about is, you know, some people pick the most beautiful place, the newest place, they think it's the best. And she said, but I know that doesn't necessarily equal the best quality care. And she said, you can tell when you walk in your building what permeates the culture there is the commitment to quality care and, and you can just sense how much people care about others that are there. And so for um, an outsider that has all the experience within all of our community, even throughout the state, that was a wonderful thing to hear. Um, that she said she can just tell when she's there, and that's why she wanted her mom to come there. But like we try to tell everyone, it is not the right fit for everyone. We want to help families find that placement, or in some cases, we may not have availability. And if someone has a you know family member in the hospital, we we try to help them pick two or three places that may be appropriate. So when that time comes for them to be discharged or need a place, that they'll be prepared. And I love that we're starting off with a story like that because you and I have been talking about this every month for quite a while now and it's always something new to talk about but the common thread that I hear from you and about your staff and the people who live there it's it's being the best that you can be and it's quality of life um, that you do to enhance their quality of life and and make it feel good it's not better than any other home like you said um, this facility is in its own doing its best for anyone who calls or comes by whether it's short term or long term and it might not even that you doing your best and it's great and you have people who return there come back and don't want to leave they want to you know it's great the stories but you also acknowledge which is so um, such a beautiful way of doing this that it also might not be the right fit for everyone and um, and that's a, a good thing to remember. And you hear someone rave about it, doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it. It just might not be the fit for you because everybody needs something different. So how do you really apply everything you do to individual needs when someone comes there? Well, from the beginning of the process, if someone's at home or if they're in a hospital, we do an assessment. We just, we just wanna you know, tell me about your mom. Just not only just their medical condition, their doctor, you know, their medical history, but their personality, what do they like, what do they dislike, their temperament. So from the beginning when we're doing that assessment, we're trying to find out if we're the best fit for them and sharing what we have to offer. Um, some buildings have, you know, different populations, maybe younger population. Garden Park is a non-smoking facility and many facilities do allow smoking. So for many people, that's a, a no from <laughs> right the there. beginning, that's right? right. <laughs> so we have to let them know, just you know, want to let you know that from the beginning. But so we do an assessment if we go out into their home, um, you know, depending on some people need different equipment, possibly based on their weight. Um, they may have medical conditions that we don't take care of. So from the beginning when we're gathering all that information, 
if we're not the place for them, we're trying to give them options of best places. For example, we do not have a secure dementia unit. That does not mean that we don't have many residents that have dementia, but possibly they just have different, um, there are different places in that um, diagnosis. So we may not be the right place for their family member because we're a large building. We're licensed for 160 people and we're about 78,000 square feet. So that's a large building, could be a lot of stimulation that's not the best for some people. So we try to gather all that information, get to know them and their family. You know, is there a certain part of town that's convenient if they were active in a church, if they are gonna visit there and make recommendations based on all that information. So much value in everything you just said. I just like, oh, that, that, that. Um, even going to like, knowing that you're not prepared and you're not set out for a, de a typical dementia wing because as you know that could be wandering it could be all kinds of things that are specific to someone who needs that care i know my grandmother was one that she was like she would break out and leave she she wanted to leave it wasn't that she didn't like where she was she just wanted to be home and no matter what her condition was you have you, you if you're not prepared for someone like that or someone with the conditions that are there i mean how wonderful is that to come talk to a place that says we don't have we know we've done our not like you don't know what it takes you've done your research you have medical people who tell you you just don't have that to offer at your at your particular facility um, I would much rather start with someone right there who knows what they can do and you have all kinds of resources too I know you refer people to places and, and encourage them to look around we do we send um, we have many people that have either you know used financial resources of a local attorney's office getting some guidance you know before going into a, needing a long-term care facility we also work very well with the Caddo Council on Aging and the Bridge and Alzheimer's Agency here and trying to give resources and support for families going through that. But we also want to let the families know, you know, you may want your loved one here, but this would not be the best situation to improve their quality of life. Really trying to focus on that. And then if, if we decide it's a good fit and we have availability, um, you know, from just the beginning, we are trying to get to know them, you know, what they like whether we can get them connected with another person that maybe um, they have the same hobbies, maybe, you know, often I've told you they maybe went to church together or their children went to school together, trying to make some connections while they're there. So it's not so, um, you know, scary. No, the idea of going to a nursing home, as you said earlier, just the term, um, you know, don't ever put me in a nursing home or if you act like this, I'm gonna put you in a home. Um, and some people still have that negative connotation with that, whereas a skilled nursing facility or a short-term rehab doesn't sound the same, but in essence, it is still the same. So that's one of the reasons we do so much work in the community to invite people in before, just so that they're familiar with our staff, they're familiar with our building and our services. But just yesterday, we had um, a resident return just for rehab that was there before, who has a beautiful history. I mean, he was actually um, featured um, he and his brothers all served in World War II, and we loved having him before, and he left a book with his story in it. So we were, I hate to say we were excited he was coming back because we did, you know, it's unfortunate if someone has an accident or needs to come back, but we were all happy to see him again. There's many people we try to stay in touch with.
And, I, and what I hear in your voice too is maybe not happy they're back, happy you could help them. Right. Happy that you're the one they came to for help and that you could help them, which is so fantastic. And that just shows the caring atmosphere, obviously, at Garden Park. And like you said, just the setting alone and the staff and the caring that you have there. So what do you do if someone does come and they think it's great, but it's just not a good fit for them once they're there? Then how is that handled? Well, we try to find, you know, what it is they're looking for. And even let's say if someone maybe is in another skilled facility and they call us and they're unhappy and they want to move, you know, we want to kind of drill down what makes you unhappy there, what are you looking for. And, and some families may say, you know, my mom's not going to be happy anywhere, she just wants to be at home. So we really try to look at all those factors and make the best recommendations. We have many people that, um, let's say if their loved one does have dementia, they will say we want to, they're just committed that they want to give it a try and if it doesn't work then they may look at another facility. But we frequently discharge residents that have completed their rehab to various assisted livings throughout, you know, in town or senior apartments if they can't go back to their own home, help, help them set up um, support services at home if needed. I mean, we want to do, you know, whatever we can to help them function at the highest level, just like we would want someone to do for us. Absolutely, that's right there. I think that's, that really is the thread there. You take care of someone exactly like you would want to be taking care of yourself or a family member. And you understand so much, the people that come in there. And I'm sure you'd like them to find the right fit right away. And like you said, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking while you were talking and then you said it, that um, sometimes we have to realize that someone is just not going to be happy anywhere because they just want to be home. And that's so understandable. You and I talk about that on break all the time, that it's just the thought of not being able to stay in your home as you age is really something to um, be compassionate about and do the best we can with someone who just needs to be in another home. It is. I mean, and it's depressing for them, especially I've shared before when my grandmother came the final time to Garden Park, she was 92, but and she had been in the same home since she was 16. Oh. So that is your life. Just think of the things we accumulate. and. Um, that you're leaving so so it's a difficult time and we understand that yeah so we continue to look as how we can help that transition um, and you know the first time the first thing we try doesn't always work so try 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 again yeah okay well we have a caller for you I'd like to talk to you hi Harry thanks for calling what's your question this business Peters yes okay I have a my closest friend has full-blown Alzheimer's um, and and I've been talking to his wife about we need to get him we need a break and and so it came up and so she hadn't been doing anything about it so then when I saw this thing on TV a moment ago I said I'll just call Jennifer and ask her to talk to me what can we what 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 do we do from this stage the the, the doctor is doctor which is his cardiologist has recommended he goes to a nursing home. It's Dr. Del Mundo. Um, well, they, his wife hasn't done anything, but but I'm I'm going to pick him up this evening and take him out to eat. So I, I was going to talk to him about what you and I get ready to talk about. <laughs> well, I would also encourage you um, if you have you can write down our number and I can talk to you because they're you know privately about some of the questions. But initially, it, 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 that that would work out better because I'm sure that your phone's probably jumping off the hook. Oh no, that's fine. I just you know want to answer all the questions you have. But the number at Garden Park is six eight eight 
zero I dialed nine. Two, two, zero. I dialed the 220 and nobody answered. <laughs> I'm not familiar with, with the yeah, 220. Yeah, it is. phone book. Yeah. 220 something, 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 something. It's, okay. So, if you so have what you want me to do, Ms. Peterson? If you have something you to write to, down now, I can give you the number. Always. I'm an architect. You oh, know I'm right. That's great. <laughs> I'll have lots of questions write, for you. I write on the walls. I write on the floor. <laughs> it's six eight eight. Okay. Zero nine six one. Six one. What? What? I'm ask you one question real quick. He's a retired Baptist preacher, so needless to say, he doesn't have uh, a giant income. You follow me? Yes, sir. Does Medicare or Medicaid or anything kick in and? and assist them on something? M Medicaid is a program that's, that b is based on someone's assets, so we would be able to answer yeah, those, those questions, and there's an application to fill out. And then with okay, the spouse, we'll many people and, They are, qualified for Meals on Wheels, so whatever, I don't know what, I, I figured if she qualified for Meals, she, she won't tell me everything. That, so if she qualified for Meals on Wheels, it's quite obvious that they're on the lower spectrum of income that, that's understandable and so many people even more so as they age get more private or concerned about their finances but I would be happy to visit with her privately um, if it's okay. okay with her like I can call her we would send a nurse to their home to visit with both of them answer their questions and assess him and if they do you know if they're not ready now then we would have just established that relationship if they're ready in the future she, and she's, she's ready her, their children live out of town, so they, and actually, one of her sons is in charge of a hospice thing for the entire state of Texas. But it's in Texas. He's in Austin. Probably. So everybody's talking, Mama, you need to put him in the in the nursing home. Well, she hasn't given up yet. You know it, what I'm going through. I do. It, it's a hard decision, and it's admirable. Right. Um, and I know other right. other couples going through the same situation right now. But we want to do whatever we can to help them, even if that's just getting some additional services at home to relieve her burden. Okay. When would you want the lead to have her call you and talk to you? Uh, anytime. Mornings or afternoons better? Either. Either is fine. And also on our website, there is a contact us link that goes directly to my email. So gardenparknursingandrehab.com. Okay. Well, I would, I would just want her to just talk to you personally. I got to first convince her to call you. <laughs> so when I pick them up tonight, I'm going to just tell them, Sue, it's time. You mentioned on TV, even if it was temporary, that's. I think that would be the great solution for her is just try it for a while and see. Just give her a break for whatever time period you think is required. Right. And and just if we go to her house to visit with her, just to sit down and assess mm -hmm. him, there, mm -hmm. she doesn't, she's not required to do anything. So there's no, no harm that can come from that. She doesn't have to make a decision. She's just learning more she, about she, her options. She, she She's sharp as a tack, so there's no problem about that. The problem is she just, um, she's retired also, so okay. Well, Jennifer, you've helped me greatly, and I will see if I can convince them to 
give her, get you to give her, get them to give you a call. Well, if she doesn't give me a call and I can do anything else for you, please reach out. Okay, well, let me let me give you my name just in case something falls through. It's okay. Harry Allen, A L L E N. That's four six four eleven zero one. And I will tell you this: you do not ask him to say the blessing. <laughs> It will last a long time, a I guess. <laughs> It'll take you all the way to he stands, up, he stands up in the restaurant and puts his hands out, and everybody realizes, hey, this dude, you know, he's got Alzheimer's. <laughs> and, and he starts, and then, and then his wife will reach up and pull on his shirt. And she'll say, okay, Mickey, everybody's blessed. It's time for us to eat. <laughs> We've experienced sim similar situations before, so that's fine. Yeah, so people in the restaurant were clapping, and they were saying amen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, not talking at you, and I will see what I can do with her tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Mr. Allen, thank you so much for calling. That was a wonderful call, and it covered so much. And the fact that he wanted to reach out to you and, and, and ask you personally to help his friends. I think that happens a lot, too. It doesn't always have to be a family member. Sometimes you're in a situation, and there's something you can do to find out more information. Um, and also the fact that people may not be aware that you will go to their home even if they just want more information they're what they feel like they're nowhere near moving into a place or going that they can still ask you to come there and just assess things right 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 and that's one of the things we talked about earlier before it started just a, a couple that I'm friends with that's in a very similar situation and just the spouse is committed to caring for that loved one you know just not going to um, make a decision but then it just becomes too much of a physical burden on the other spouse we see that happen so many times um, when their health declines and then they're forced to do something and so we want to answer those questions about their income who would pay for it you know all the things um, that maybe they assume or they just have erroneous information from you know other people are their searches just kind of guessing okay we have another caller for you Roger thank you for calling what's your question my question is, do they have at uh, Garden Park there, do they have private rooms? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, do they have all private rooms or some with uh, uh, double occupancy or just many with private rooms? We currently have both. We have private rooms and we also have shared rooms. Thank you. I need to know that. Appreciate it very much. Thank you for having this segment on TV. You're thank welcome. You. Oh, thank you. Thank you for watching, Roger, and thank you for calling in, because that is a, an important question. Some of them are afraid that they're going to go and they don't have any control over it. So how much say do they have? Is there, uh, I'm sure there's only so many that are dedicated to single and, and double. Do they need to wait if they want to get on the list? How's that work? We do. Our private rooms generally have a waiting list, but there is a large amount of turnover because we have so many people that do their short-term rehab that do go home each week. So we have some that it's decide to go ahead and come in, let's say they're coming from the hospital and they can't keep waiting for a private room to open. They may opt to come there and have a shared roommate, um, but we also take into consideration who that roommate would be. So if it's not an appropriate placement, then we will just tell them we don't have an opening at all and just give them other resources. So some may come there and know they're gonna stay a week, sometimes it's only a few days. If they're coming from home, often we'll just plan that admission. You know, we've had people, you know, move out in the morning and then someone else move into that private room in the afternoon. But some families, you know, while I'll say, you know, it's 
hard enough having a stranger as a roommate at 18 when you go to college. Do you really want to do that at 80? But for some, they love it. They develop <laughs> some great friendships, like their families take them both out to dinner. Um, they really, you know, if one of them happens to be in the hospital, they are very upset that their roommate's not there. <laughs> for so many, they develop some great relationships and they don't feel as lonely as they did when they were in a room, a, a private room. I, I think that's such a good point. I mean, one of the things I think that people fear getting older is that they will be alone. Um, and it's hard enough moving into something out of your home away from your family on a day-to-day -day basis. You're afraid they might not come visit you. They might not have the time. So to have that roommate, have that community there. And also, is there a comp... Uh, is there a way, like if someone said, there's a double room available, that's all you have available. Uh, they want a single room, but they're open to a roommate. So would you move someone into a double room that doesn't have someone right away and they can be open to a roommate later? Sure, yes, we've done both. Mm -hmm. And you know, and sometimes families say, we wanna let's start off with a roommate and see if that gives them someone to visit with. And if it doesn't work, and then we've also done the same. We really wanna start off, you know, having a room that we can bring lots of our furniture from home and seeing how she transitions and um, gets accommodated. Um, acclimated there mm -hmm. um, and I've said this so many times but we understand it is difficult no one wants to leave home I just um, was talking to someone this morning whose mom there is there for short-term rehab and I understand that my family members felt the sa same way when they were there so you know we try to do all we can to make those days better you know one instance um a lady recently was alone and happy. She did not want to leave home, um, but she didn't realize all that she was really missing. You know, she wasn't having people come see her every day. She was just watching TV. She wasn't obviously doing activities, getting her nails done, going to the beauty shop because that just is too much of a burden or you may not have family to take you there. Um, and this lady enjoyed wine every evening. She didn't think she would be able to have wine every evening if she came there. And so I was like, no, this is not a jail. It's just like your apartment. You know, yes, we will talk to your doctor. Um, so, you know, if you're going to have two glasses in the evening, that's fine. But you do not lose your choices. You get to still decide if I want to sleep late or what time do I want to have breakfast or I do want to go out with them to a movie today. Or I mean, you still make those choices. I can even think like my grandfather was not social at all, didn't want, you know, would not want to to leave his room to do anything. My grandmother had been a beautician and loved social, keeping up with all the buzz. And so, you know, we wanna do what we can to make all of those people happy and what their needs are because we, we all don't want the same thing. No, and th those stories are good examples of what I have learned, and you've educated me so much in our Helpline Threes about that particular individual thing. Right there, the wine story. Um, they might just be locked into thinking that, that, oh, I can't do that anymore, and they might not want to. They don't want to be judged. They don't, there's all kinds of reasons why they just don't. I know my grandmother liked a half a glass of beer, and she'd wrap a napkin around it alone at her house <laughs> because it just didn't look right. And she would be afraid that could be a deal breaker for someone because it's comforting, it's ritual, it's something they like and to know that they can have and do everything they're doing at home there. I know the lengths you've gone to when you hear someone who it's just better for them and it's not this place they just don't want to leave home. You have gone to great lengths individually like you said to get to know each individual one and do everything you can to help them and you've probably seen some surprises haven't you with families thinking sorry she's just not going to be happy here we're just going to do the best we can and they come back and they're flourishing. They love it. I've heard the stories of people talk about really enhancing someone's quality of life. You have so many stories like that. Oh no, every day. Or 
you know, it may be just a, a lady that was felt like she had been a burden to her children and she'd had multiple falls where she was um, and her children did not want her to come. She made the decision to come, which makes it much easier for families, you know, if, you're, if your mom is deciding to do it. But they were just shocked at the relationships that she's made there and how she wasn't social before. Like we have a great art program um, and, you know, my mother never paints, she never wants to do that. And then she has art now that's hanging in the hallway and she, you know, the things that you thought that they would never do, they just didn't get exposed to it. And now they've made some connections with other people that they love doing it. And they're just very much encouragers. They just develop some relationships. You know, if someone's sick, they're calling them or they're going to their room, you know, checking on someone, trying to encourage each other in therapy or whatever it may be. Um, it's just some great relationships that happen there that people aren't aware of. It really is. And even while we're talking, um, I can still tell and I know that with our conversations, I'm definitely a rose-colored glass person. I get accused of that all the time and yeah, um, they're in my pocket all the time. But I'm also aware of, uh, you know, in the world what is really going on. Um, and we always talk about the other side of that. It's, it, we talk about all the things we can do to make them happy there and make them, but also you never let go of the sight, the fact that it is a serious situation and people are there who would rather be at home. And they don't have to be all cheery and happy. They think I'm not gonna, this place is just really, it's not, you take into, there's everything there. And you accommodate to the people who uh, may not be as happy there, but you make them as comfortable as possible in whatever they want to enhance their life. And it might be left alone, it might not bring, bringing anything extra so it's it's a very realistic living place out there from what I've seen it's just you take the seriousness along with everything that will help enhance their day-to-day -day life absolutely you know some may not be in the the best safe situation at home right. for a variety of reasons so we really I mean our first priority is the person the resident the patient that's coming there for rehab or for long-term care and working with their family members as well to, to determine what their goals are but you know, as you've said, it's just individualized. You know, more than half the people that come are only coming for short-term rehab. Now, there are some families that during that time are like, oh, I wish she would decide to stay. This is the safest place for her. She's never looked better. She seems so happy. But, you know, they're gonna still honor that they go back home. And we respect that and honor that and wanna help make that transition as safe as possible. So they have success in staying at home as long as possible. I mean, that is definitely one thing that has changed over the years in long-term care when nursing homes had such the bad stigma is now there are so many options for you to stay at home longer, to have support services from the community, to just come for short-term rehab. I mean, that was never the case, you know, 20 or 30 years ago that people were only coming for 20 days and going back home. Um, just to do all we can to have that positive experience. I mean, it's really different, no different if you think, well, they're in the hospital for 10 days or they're, you know, in a, a long-term care hospital, they go somewhere else for therapy. You know, we're just helping them get stronger so that they can go back home and be successful and not end up back in the hospital. Right, and I hear you talk about safety and happiness. Safety and happiness is the two priorities right there, just well-adjusted and safe. So what do you tell someone, say, in that scenario, they've come there short-term, or they were gonna be long-term, but they're better, and their family does have the means to bring them back home, but you have seen all that they've grown in the safety measures. What do you send them home with to make sure that they're still safe and to keep the family aware of new things to keep safe now that they're going home? Because they've had this experience and they're changed. Right, well, our interdisciplinary team does a great job of communicating from the beginning 
about discharge plans all the way up into that point. You know, what goals they have, are there gonna be support services, are they going home alone, you know, as far as transfers, taking their medications. You know, we work with home health, you know, setting up their physician appointments, ensuring that they have medicines to go home, adequately, descript, you know, reviewing all the information with the family and the person, following up with them, also following up with the home health that's following, you know, following them just trying to do everything we can to ensure that that's a safe transition. And and that right there, the benefit, those two things, the assessment that someone can have without any obligation or anything on the forefront, and then knowing that they're gonna be sent home educated specifically to their family member and what has happened and what they need to watch out going forward. Right, and for some family members, you know, an older person, you know, you don't always get back to that baseline. Let's say you were in the hospital with an infection and come to us for 20 days. They just may not get back to doing what they could prior to that, but that does not mean they can't go home and be successful with just some services in place that we want to help arrange before they leave to help that be a safe transition and not end up, you know, going back to the hospital or, or back to us too soon. And it sounds like you do a lot to make them aware of that that's another adjustment again now going back home, but home health and, and things that they have to take care of, right? And also what I want to stress is even if we don't think it's safe, even if the doctor doesn't think it's safe, like you are not going to be safe home alone, you know, goes through all that. We explain it to all parties. You still get to go. You <laughs> still get to sign yourself out. We're not keeping you. Um, so you still have those choices to, to come when you want to and to leave when you want to. Right still total freedom. You respect the fact that they are grown adults, they've lived a long life, and they still get to live the way that they want to to be safe and happy. And what a great resource you provide the community. Absolutely, it is a gift. It is really an honor to serve and know that it's a ministry that we have to serve those that need us. It is definitely a ministry, and we thank you so much. You're a credit to all of us. This has been a wonderful conversation again today, Jennifer. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. So once again, Garden Park, Garden Park Nursing and Rehab is our website, 688-0961 if anyone needs to call. All right. Thanks again. Thank we'll you. see you next time on Helpline 3.